Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. Today, I speak with Celine Crum. We had an awesome conversation. Celine just came off of winning the A7 Pro challenge which gave her her pro card for the usapl we talk all about her performance at the raw challenge how she was battling with some injuries going into me her mindset and how she's matured as a lifter in this sport mentally and physically and a lot more so you're gonna love it before we get into the episode gotta talk to you about girls to powerlift because y'all this company is dropping some awesome apparel and you need to go grab some leggings they got you t-shirts they got you uh shirts with belts and bras y'all know you don't like wearing bras me either it's okay they got you all right grab their apparel use the link in the show notes that shows support to me personally and a brand that loves empowering women and if you need some pre-workout you don't want to be tired when you go to the gym to train. You want that caffeine. You want that creatine in your system to help you get stronger. Grab 110%. They have the best pre-workout. It's my favorite. Best flavors, quality ingredients. Go ahead, use code SOLANA to grab your 110% and support me once again. All right, y'all, let's dive into today's episode. Yay! Okay. Cool. So guys, I'm here with Celine Crum. I'm super stoked to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for inviting me on. I'm excited yeah. to chat. <laughs> Is this your first podcast? Um, I was on Two White Lights a little while ago, but so this oh, is my duh, second I podcast. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. The so second podcast ever. Always a fun time. So dude, I was like, going through just like all of your accolades uh mm-hmm. as a powerlifter you started in 2018 at 19 years old and literally just watching your numbers go up each competition is <laughs> like wild but like at yeah. 19 what got you into powerlifting because I don't know if you were born and raised in South Carolina I was yeah mm-hmm. nice so is there like a lot of powerlifting around <laughs> the area that you're at there is not very much powerlifting. Um, so kind of like the way I started was in college. Um, well, in high school, I was like really athletic. I was a swimmer and I also did like competitive dancing. So then when I went to college, I needed like some sort of athletic outlet. And so I tried running for like a while and I hated it. <laughs> Um, I tried to join the running club at my college and they just like completely kicked my butt. So I was like, you know, I don't think I can do this, but um, my, my now fiance, he, um, at the time he was lifting, um, he was really into it. He went to college with me. So at like the end of my freshman year, I was like, you know, you should teach me how to squat because I was also interested in like building some, you know, glute muscle. And so um, he taught me how to squat and then I just like loved it. Like I remember watching him like lift for the first time and just like watching him add 45s to the bar. Like it probably wasn't even that much, but just like seeing it, I was like shocked. I was like, this is what you've been doing this whole time. Like, this is crazy. Like, I just thought it was so cool. 
so I, I just thought strength was really cool and I was just like hooked from the beginning so like that summer after um, my freshman year I literally like went to the gym every day like I just like I, I was a lifeguard and so I'd like always build it in there and and for a while I was just um squatting and then like eventually I learned to deadlift and then maybe like six months later I started benching but um so yeah I mean I also had some like friends that I worked with that were into powerlifting and so they kind of like guided me down the three lift route um and then about a year and a half after I first started lifting is when I did my first meet so nice yeah. and does, what school did you go to when you were lifting Clemson University so do they have an actual powerlifting team they have a powerlifting club um it's not like school funded or anything it's just a student-run club and we have a little um gym it's more like a like little warehouse where we lift um lifted but it's called the dungeon so nice <laughs> yeah so but, oh go ahead no i was gonna say so you got into lifting right you're 19 mm -hmm. and then you skyrocket to being the junior collegiate national champion yeah. <laughs> in 2021 <laughs> i think the reason yeah. i was asking you if your college had a team was because mm -hmm. i'm not sure it is can you compete in collegiate when your school doesn't have a team but you're in college Yes. Um, okay. The only criteria is you need to be in college and you need to be under the age of 26, I think. So we actually, we kind of went as a team. Um, like I was under Clemson University team, you know, so we were a team technically. Um, and I went with like a few people the first time I went to Collegiate Nationals. So <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was really small though. <laughs> but Nice. Yeah. But that's still so cool. And then mm -hmm. so I got the opportunity to actually commentate the A7 Raw Challenge. And yes. this is <laughs> this is the meet you just <laughs> recently won. And I knew going into that meet that you were like probably going to win it with the amazing accolades that you do have. So I would love to know like how was your training for that meet? Because I saw that you were dealing with like a hip injury. And then I also saw you post about how you were training yourself. And I'm like, yo, I can't coach myself. Like, <laughs> how did you coach yourself? Um, well, I guess I'll start by saying um, your commentary was awesome. You and Angela did really good. I actually went back and like listened to almost the whole meet. And I thought it was just awesome. I mean, you guys really like highlighted every lifter and I think made everyone feel special. So keep it up <laughs> girl thank you i appreciate that <laughs> yeah um but in terms of training i was having a hard time so i just recently like right before um that prep started i decided to like switch to a different coach but i wasn't really sure um like where i wanted to go yet so i kind of just like had my feelers out and i was like what am i gonna do like before i decide and so I like for the first few years that I lifted I was kind of doing my own thing and so I decided I just wanted to take you know what I learned from my previous coach and 
take things that worked for me and like try to program myself. So um, I did that and I didn't really love it. Like, I don't think I'd ever want to do that again. I'd like, I'd rather just have someone tell me what to do so I don't even have to think about it and I can just show up to the gym and, you know, lift. But um, it still went pretty well, I mean, strength wise. Uh, but like, I need that, I guess, mental support. Like I need to feel like I'm not alone, like somebody's there encouraging me. I didn't really have a lot of that. So uh, I definitely would not go without a coach again, I don't think. But, um, but yeah, I was dealing with like ever since, I guess it's probably been about like six months now, five or six months, I've been dealing with a like, I think it's hip impingement, like maybe hip flexor problem in my like left hip. And it really only hurts when I squat, but not being able to squat is kind of like huge because it affects your deadlift and, you know, your confidence. And so um, I have been doing like some physical therapy, that's been helping, but going into the Arnold, I wasn't able to like squat heavy really at all. Like I could do light tempo squats, but that's about it. Um, I had like maybe a few weeks in there where I felt good enough to like do some heavier uh, regular tempo squats. And I got like maybe three or four singles above my opener um, before the meet for like the whole prep. And so I was kind of just living on a prayer for squats, <laughs> but I, that's not really like, it didn't really stress me out too much because I've had a lot of meat preps, uh, like right before the meat, like I'll get some sort of injury. So I have to adapt. And so I kind of just had confidence that it would go okay. And it did. So I don't know. I think that's like a lifter maturity thing. <laughs> But I mean, I would agree like that definitely yeah. is like, you know, that even if prep is not going the way that you want it to, that you can still trust that on meet day, you will give mm -hmm. it whatever you have for that day. But I definitely want to circle back because you mentioned that you like, obviously you're coaching yourself and you need that mental push. And when mm -hmm. you're like an elite lifter, like yourself, it must've been so difficult to like push yourself knowing that you're like, okay this is a good number on the bar, but like, should I be going heavier? Cause I can like, you know, I feel like when you get super strong, having that person be like, I know you're super strong, but you can push to these numbers. Well, like, yeah. so I'm going to write them down for you're going to hit them. So that's huge. Like in, for me, I literally, this is why I say I can't coach myself. Like I quite literally know that I would just sandbag my <laughs> training. If no one told me or cared what the RPE was, what the intensity was. Yeah, I'm actually kind of the opposite. Like, I need someone to tell me to throttle back or else I'll uh, go too hard. <laughs> so I've heard, like, both things. So I'm just the type of person that, oh, it's feeling good. Like, I should do something crazy. But, um, yeah, so I need a coach to, like, help me stay grounded, I guess. Okay, um, you need some scaling back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but actually, um, thankfully, I started working with, my current coaches or just like they were helped giving me feedback like while I was programming myself so um having them there 
helped a lot because then if I did have any concerns, I could just go to them um, just to calm my nerves, basically. <laughs> but um, yeah. And you so my, start working with the strength guys, right? Yes. Um, I am coached by Jason and Tori with the strength guys. Nice. How is that going now? I mean, I know it's only been like two weeks technically yeah. since you've been officially <laughs> under them, but you already had rapport with them. So do you already feel like really good about training or are you just kind of like, okay, we're going to see how it goes. And you're kind of like skeptical. Like, I don't know. When I first started with my coach, who I'm hoping I'd be with till the day he dies. I'm just like, I'm not doing it. I like switching coaches sucks. It's just annoying like <laughs> to trust a new person. So are you like, okay, I'm hundred percent all in or you're kind of like, I'm going to do it, but I'm like not a hundred percent sure if I should be doing this. Like mentally. Um, I think I'm pretty confident in them and their abilities. And since we worked together a little bit, like the past uh, month or two, um, I know them pretty well. And I kind of, I didn't really get a taste of their style of programming and I'm, I probably won't really get too much of like a change going into nationals just because it's like a short turnaround so we're keeping a lot of things similar to how I you know was doing it for the Arnold so I don't really feel that nervous about it I mean definitely I can definitely relate to when I first got a coach I was like terrified (laughs) I was like what if this ruins everything you know and um it's like getting a new coach is difficult because it just takes time to like learn your client and learn you know how they train and what they respond to and so it'll definitely be a learning curve but probably probably more so after nationals yeah yeah I was gonna ask you like because you're programming for yourself did you guys kind of like combine create your first program for the prep because that would make sense that he wants to make it somewhat similar because like 13 weeks did you get yeah so it's pretty similar I mean they're definitely um throwing their own you know touches on it and they've changed some things with like how I'm gonna peak and like how the volume's gonna increase I don't really know I'm I'm not a coach or anything so (laughs) I don't know all the proper terms, but um, but yeah, it should be, it's kind of a hybrid between like what I was doing and maybe kind of transitioning into what I, like they would want me to do later, so. Okay, cool. So they went over like the whole plan for the full cycle internationals already. Like that's already kind of written out. Um, well, we haven't talked about like specifics, but I think in general, yeah, it'll be um, pretty similar to what I did now, what I've been doing. Nice. Yeah, the reason I was asking that is because I was going to say, like for me, as I've grown more and more as a lifter, mm-hmm. I now am at a place where I like it when my coach is like, yo, like this is the idea for like the entire prep. It wasn't a short. If it's like, you know, oh, okay, we just did nationals. Now you're not compete till Arnold's in like nine months. That's different. But like with a shorter prep time, I'm like, yo, can you give me an idea of what's going to happen? So I'm not just like wondering. So that's why I was asking you, like, do you like having some sort of sense of what's going to happen throughout the entire prep? Or are you kind of like, okay, you can tell me, but I'm going to forget anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> 
I like to know like in general what's happening, but I'm also okay with just like a week by week like uh, program, like how do you feel? And we're gonna change it this way. If You know, it's kind of different right now because of my hip, like we can't really make a set in stone plan because you know, if my hip starts flaring up again, then we'll have to like throttle back and stuff like that. But I do like to know, I do ask a lot of questions. So, um, but mostly like, uh, I get told what to do. I show up to the gym and I do it. So nice. Yeah. Always the best kind of athlete to train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so let's talk about the actual meet at the Arnold's because you said you were bound with the hip injury, but you still pulled out PRs in every single lift with some lifts looking really easy like your bench like flew so fast I was like wait is that a third or a first attempt <laughs> I'm not sure so starting with your squat um you hit 391 which was a two and a half kilo all-time PR mm -hmm. so when you went into meet were you like did you have a game plan of your numbers written out for the squat specifically just because you were dealing with the hip stuff or were you kind of like you know what we're gonna do first attempt and just see how I feel um, I did have a game plan, but I was like, if I don't feel like during warmups, if I just know it's going to be bad, then obviously I'll go for less. But I was hoping to at least just like match um, my previous PR. And if I felt like I could maybe get like a two and a half kilo PR, but no more. That was basically the plan. Um, but I don't know. I... Squats are just one of those lifts that I just want to get out of the way. <laughs> like, once squats are over, I just feel like a weight is lifted off my shoulder. Well, literally. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was like, are you? <laughs> that would be um, hilarious. But yeah, well, I'm so stoked that like it went so well. Like you got, you got literally the two and a half kilo PR that she just said that was like the max we we're going to go for. <laughs> yeah, I was like very happy about that because. I wasn't, I didn't have like super high expectations for that lift. So, but at the same time, it is like kind of frustrating because like training was going so well before I hurt my hip. So I, there's like this feeling in the back of my head that's like, oh, if I didn't hurt my hip, like I'd probably be in the 400s by now, you know? So it's just a little frustrating, but at the same time, I'm, I was like very grateful that I could be there squatting, like, you know, without too much pain so you know I saw you post on your story about like the like you we posted Leah right her mm -hmm. lips and you were like the pressure we put on ourselves and like that just crossed my mind because I'm like you're sitting here thinking like yo I, but I should be in the force which I totally get because you're mm -hmm. so strong you're such a great lifter and obviously yes the hip thing is affecting how much we can put on the bar and so it's it must be such a challenge to like like put yourself in a good mental place where you're like yo I'm still gonna do the best that I can but deep down you know you yeah. know that if you're fully healthy you could be hitting higher numbers how did you deal with that like mentally on a day-to-day -day basis like or how did you deal with like the bad days of prep where your hip felt like shit but oh I'm not supposed to curse in the podcast not bad I'm gonna cut that part out <laughs> your hip felt not so good <laughs> in the gym um so I did have some really like rough days, especially when it first happened. Like, so I did a meet in December. It was just a um, 
local meet, like the South Carolina State meet. And it happened like right before that meet. And like there was one day where I couldn't even squat like 225 without like excruciating pain. And I was just like in the gym, just like crying. <laughs> but now that I've like recovered a bit and um, my hips feeling better and I also have like a bigger picture to look at. Like I know that like no single meat really matters that much. Like there's so many more meats down the line that, you know, there's so much time that I could, you know, recover and come back from this that it doesn't, I don't really worry about it as much anymore. Um, I just try to stay focused on the bigger picture, I guess, and uh, try to go like day by day. And if my hip's not feeling great that day, then, you know, I try not to let it get to my head. Sometimes it does though, but that's just the way it is. I don't know. No, I mean, honestly, those are like really wise words because you're right, like you're only 23. And mm -hmm. so you have your whole life to like continue to like lift and it's like even though it's challenging in the moment when you literally don't feel good just knowing like okay I will get through this and like I don't know how far down the road but far, far down the road I'll be healthy and getting stronger and just keep putting more kilos in the barbell right yeah and I mean I think one of the things that makes people like great at what they do is that pressure that they put on themselves you know um not being satisfied even when you do like amazing like like that post from Leah uh she did amazing at that meet and it still wasn't good enough for her and I think that's you know that's what keeps that's what makes great athletes great you know they have that pressure and it comes from within not from like external things so yeah, there's definitely a balance, right? It's like, I always tell my lifters, especially like, let's say a new lifter is about to do the first meet and they mm -hmm. always say, I'm like, how do you feel? And they say, I'm so nervous. I'm like, oh, I'm like, good. Like stress is not bad. Like yes, I, I want necessary. you to feel stress because <laughs> yeah. if you like the day I have someone say, yeah, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm nonchalantly going to go into me, do whatever I can, blah, blah. And it's the first <laughs> meet. I'm like, oh, I just, it's okay. I guess we don't care. <laughs> like yeah so stress is good it's just like monitoring it enough so it doesn't like take over like your right. life <laughs> yeah I I mean I think also like as a new lifter it can be way more stressful like I think there's there definitely is a reasonable amount of stress to have but I remember like going into meets just like completely riddled like in stress and like it was way too much so um I've learned to like be less stressed and it's helped me a lot because now I'm much more calm on the platform. Well, can I ask you, what have you, what do you think you've done that's helped you be less stressed for me today? Because at first, obviously when you're first getting started, you're like just scared because people are looking at you and it's just so mm -hmm. much new stuff at once. But now like people, like, I mean, you just won your pro card. You just beat everyone the A7 Raw Challenge. We're, you're going to have multiple podcasts doing previous shows, including mine. I will be talking about you. So will other podcasts. So like, it's a different kind of pressure now that you have because people expect you to perform. So what are you doing 
to mentally get yourself in a place where you're like, I still will feel good and not let the stress like riddle me to the point <laughs> of being like a mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's just kind of like experience and doing it multiple times, doing meets multiple times and I guess proving to myself that I can perform under that pressure. Like my last two meets, I went nine for nine. And then like the one before that, I think like eight for nine. So I don't know, I've just learned that no matter how much pressure is on you, no matter like what anyone thinks about how you're gonna do or whatever, all that really matters is like how you actually perform. Like people will say stuff and they'll compare things and you know, whatever, but it's not going to make you stronger. It's not going to make you weaker. Like, there's no reason to worry about, you know, what other people are saying and other people's pressure because at the end of the day, you can only lift what you can lift. Like, um, I think it's just a maturity thing. Like, the more you lift, the more you go to meets, the more you're surrounded by all that stimulation. Um, I guess you get kind of, like, desensitized to it. <laughs> but... Very true. Yeah. Very, very true. So I'm, ha I'm no, I'm happy to hear that. Like you're basically saying, okay, people are gonna say whatever they want, but mm -hmm. it doesn't affect me. So I have to just stay focused on myself. Do you yeah. like tune out? Like I don't know how much you're on social media, like to look at other stuff, but do you like lessen the amount you're on it close to a meet, or do you just not care? Do you listen to preview shows? <laughs> I do listen to preview shows. <laughs> I listen to your preview show. I listen to all the preview shows. I think they're fun. Um, I like to hear what other people are saying, but it's also important not to let it get to your head, I guess. So, but yeah, I like to hear like what people think. I think it's just a fun thing. <laughs> no, I, um, I love asking because I know so many lifters who will not listen to it until after they compete. Um, yeah. People who it helps fuel them up. I'm like, I don't know. Like for me, I listen because I know my name's not going to be mentioned. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to listen, but that's totally different from me listening. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard that too. I've heard like, I know Sam Calhoun doesn't listen to them. So <laughs> before at least, she probably listens after, but I don't know. I think they're they're fun. I mean, everyone likes to hear their name mentioned. So you can't I I can't resist, you know. I like to listen. Ah, I love it. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to your bench press on meet day. Cause you hit 231. That was a two and a half kilo PR for you, right? Yes. And legit moved like like I was like, why why does she do her warm-up on the platform? <laughs> I don't understand. So tell me just how bench press what's feeling that day. You said two weeks ago on your post, it felt like that same number felt like an RPE 10 or something like that. Oh yeah. It was like a grinder two weeks like before the meet. Um, I just never know with bench. Like sometimes the competitions, like bench will be feeling really bad, but then move really fast. And um, when I used to water cut, bench was like the thing that got affected the most. So I would miss quite a lot of benches or the strength wouldn't be as, you know, like what I thought it would be. So I think just having that expectation in my head makes me kind of like sandbag bench now that I'm, now that I'm not cutting. Um, 
but I don't know. I don't really know where that bench came from. <laughs> I surprised myself. It just, it felt like I probably had another two and a half in there, but I had never gone for like 236, so I didn't want to, and really, honestly, the second attempt didn't feel that great. <laughs> like the third attempt felt better than the second, so who knows? Bench is weird. <laughs> Bench is always weird. Isn't it funny yeah. when the third attempt feels better than the second? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that happened. It's one of the things you're like, you know, I just go with go with the flow and keep going. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I'll take it. <laughs> My favorite thing to watch is your deadlift because you can grind out a deadlift, and I didn't realize how much. I mean, I did see you post right before raw nat not raw nationals raw challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, that deadlift of da da da. 460 did in the gym it was a grind I was like yo like she pushed that out right so I'm thinking I after fatigue from squats and bench like she'll probably go a little bit less than that and no no you went in you hit it on the platform it moved just like it did in the video from two weeks prior after squatting after benching so like how stoked were you (laughs) just talk to me about your telephone meet day um I was pretty happy about that I didn't actually expect it to be that much of a grinder on the platform. Like I think, so like I took a 20 kilo jump from my first to my second attempt. And I think that second attempt, I think it was like 452. I think that really like wore me out. That is not how I would normally do it, like in the gym. So um, I think if I hadn't have taken that big jump, I probably would have had less of a hard time on that third attempt but I still you know I still locked it out so it was okay but yeah deadlift's just my lift that I'm most confident in and it's like the least complicated lift to me like I feel like I can just grab the weight and pull it up and there's like nothing to it so um I guess you know people who pull sumo they have a little harder time like with the technicalities, but since I pull conventional, um, it's really not too hard. I, I always feel like really confident going into deadlifts and it's probably my favorite lift on the platform, so. It must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, no I'm kidding. Like, I mean, not really, kind of totally jealous, but dude, like you're right. Cause like you're, you're like a rip it and grip it kind of person. Yeah. I freaking love it. And yeah, I definitely noticed it took like a big old jump from the first and second, but that was to secure your win, right? For a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, so I mean, I yeah. could have taken like two smaller jumps to secure it on the third, but I kind of just wanted to have fun on my third. <laughs> so I just sent it. <laughs> yeah, I would have done the same thing. I, I'm like, I'm a huge yeah. fan of like, if, if I can, if we can win, without doing all nine, unless win <laughs> on the eighth one. Cause yeah, no one I wants agree. to go out to the third and be like, I have, to, I mean, you have to, if you have to, but like, I have mm-hmm. to hit this, like, wait, but I could have just hit it before. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew I was going to hit that second attempt. Like I just knew, so it wouldn't have been a big deal if I had to do it on my third, but you know, it's the Arnold, the crowd's great, you know, they're getting you all hyped up, you gotta do something fun, <laughs> so. I was gonna ask you, how did you feel about the atmosphere of the Arnolds, which you said it, was great just now? 
yeah it was awesome i think it was like the like the best crowd i've lifted at like the loudest um i really liked like where the a7 roll challenge was like the c pod that was my first arnold so i had never even like been to any of this but the lighting was really cool and um like the live stream was great like all the different camera angles and i think everyone felt like important <laughs> with all the cameras on you so and then i also I... oh go ahead nope i was gonna say the um i watched like the grand prix and that was really cool as well but i didn't really know what was going on the whole time <laughs> but it was really cool <laughs> like that stage and all the people like I th it'd be amazing to like be up there lifting so we're on the same page. I was gonna ask you this. I was like, gonna be like, do you get to see the Grand Prix at all? Because yes, the crowd was awesome. And being like right in the smack middle of the convention center is mm -hmm. freaking awesome. But yeah, I had to ask like 12 people what was going on. I was like, yeah. who's winning? Is that equipped? I didn't even know they were, they were here. Um, cool, I'm confused. And like we get to deadlifts and I'm like, what? what's the weight? Like, I still can't do Keelan Matthew. You think I could, right? Like, coach, mm -hmm. like, no. I, mean, I still can't do it. So I'm like, what's the weight? Why choose this weight? What's happening? Yeah. So it's such, it was such a cool, like, atmosphere. But I worry that, like, because you know how the Pro Series ends at the Arnold next year. I really worried mm -hmm. that they'll have, like, the main event on that stage again. And, like, we have the same problem. Did you look at the live stream at all, or did you hear about the live stream for Grand Prix? I didn't really hear about it now. Girl, there was no commentating, and it was one camera angle, and it was quiet. Really? Yes. <laughs> there wasn't even, like, like a screen with lifting cast or anything? No. And lifting cast, like, if you were in that convention center, I was trying to get on it. The I was, was still, Yeah, no one could get yeah. on. <laughs> so I, I'm it sure was people like, at home could, but... I don't I don't think that's what it was I think it was like locked like everyone was locked out like the only people who could see it were the people like warming up like nobody oh. knew what in the world was happening so I I just hope like for next year's Grand Prix either they they need to have it either on like that a7 Raw challenge stage the C pod or they just need to like have some sort of screen like on whatever stage like in the expo where they you know show what's happening so everyone can know like if this person gets the deadlift they're going to be in second place or, third, or first place or you know because it's just not as entertaining when you don't know what's going on no it's so true yeah. and like I, I literally I thought about this a lot I'm like I really want this pro series to go well and for yeah. people to want to like be in it and I'm like literally if the only people having fun at the freaking finale of the Grand Prix are the people competing mm -hmm. then we have a problem because the whole point is to get more people to want to be in powerlifting no one wants yeah. to be in it if it's boring to watch I know I I mean hopefully they'll take like USA powerlifting will like see the feedback and maybe make some changes for next year um but I think all they really need is like a good live stream with commentary and a screen up there you know to indicate what's happening Word. <laughs> and it could be so. like greatly improved but we shall see yeah we will see <laughs>
So do you, you intend to stay in the six to seven week class, right? Um, well, actually, I guess this is a little bit of an announcement, but <laughs> <laughs> I will be competing as a 60 kilo at nationals. So. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to know so bad. I'm like, <laughs> okay, like you're right. You're like just above 63 kilos. So I'm like, you can really go either way. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh my God. Wait, so what made you make that decision? So I really wanted to go head to head against Natalie. <laughs> that was one of the big things. Like um, I've competed against her like a few times and I just thought it'd be really exciting to get to go like head to head against her again. Uh, and then also I felt like if I competed at 67 and a half, I would kind of get like stomped on because those girls just weigh so much more than me and I like don't have enough time to like make up that weight. So I thought it would be easier um, just to cut a little bit of weight just just for nationals like I, I plan to go back up after nationals but in terms of like the whole pro series placing I think the quickest way to like increase your points is just to cut a little bit of weight as long as you can maintain like your uh, level of performance like even just if I were to do like the same numbers like three kilos less that would increase my dots like 25 points, like a lot. So it's like huge and it'd just be like a little weight cut. So I think it'll be worth it. I hate dieting. I hate cutting weight. So, and I said I would never do this again, but <laughs> I'm kind of caught in a predicament. So I decided to just do it this one time. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, girl. People, a lot of people said a lot of things before the weight classes changed back. So it's like yeah. whatever was said before the weight classes changed <laughs> doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Take yeah, it I mean, out the window. I still do not like the weight classes, and you know, I still wish they were a little more evenly distributed. And I guess it really affects me because I'm like a really light sixty-seven and a half, but um, it'll be okay. <laughs> Everything is fine. It's just, you know, now I have to diet and I didn't want to. <laughs> so. so I was going to ask you this. You basically just answered it. But so how do you feel about the splits of <laughs> 63 and 69? Because I get asked the question all the time. And I'm just, I'm always like this, this awkward middle response of like, well, it's really more competitive, which is great. But also I love my weight class and we just changed it to 63 and 69. So why did to do that? But it's great, but no, <laughs> like, I, like that's my answer. I'm like, so basically question mark. Okay, bye. <laughs> Are you talking about the split like in the IPF? Or... No, no, no. I just mean like the fact that now with the weight classes, we just have 69, but now that we switched back to old mm -hmm. ones, it's like all the 69s had to decide and 63s had to decide to go 60 or 67. Yeah, um, so I talked about this a little bit like on Two White Lights, but I think I think there's just too big of a gap between 60 and 67 and a half. Like, it's just a really hard gap. <laughs> and because that's like 132 pounds versus like almost 150 pounds. That is huge. And if you're someone like me who's, you know, 
cut in the middle, it's really frustrating because if we just had like more reasonable spacing like we used to, like the IPF, um, then it wouldn't be such a hard decision like which way to go. But if I like were to fully commit to 67 and a half, it would take like a year or two, you know, for me to get up there and compete where I want to be. And I just don't have time for that. So, I mean, eventually I'll have to make time because I don't want to keep cutting, but um, I'm, I'm not a fan still. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think we're going to see like a pretty big like discrepancy between like the weight lifted by the 60 kilo class and the weight lifted by the 67 and a half, just because it's such a big, you know, difference, but we'll see. They're just weight classes, you know, <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, I totally hear you though, because you're right, like yeah. the gap is like 16 or 17 pounds. I'm just like, it's big. <laughs> this is a lot of weight. So yeah. and like <laughs> The weight classes before 60, they're only jumping like four kilos. And then all of a sudden it's like seven and a half kilos. And it's like, okay, what am I going to do? So, you know, I, I don't like it, but it seems like it's going to stay this way, at least in USA powerlifting. Yeah. And would you ever consider leaving USA powerlifting? Um, I was thinking no like a hard no until recently when I found out world is going to be like uh in the United States in like 2023 I think is that official because I knew that they were trying to do it I don't think it's official but okay it's probably gonna happen so that's kind of enticing like they're gonna be here so I wouldn't even have to like travel across the country and you know if I were to switch but Eh, I really like USA powerlifting. I like like the route we're taking. I think the pro series is really cool. And I think it has a lot of potential. Like we're only seeing the very beginnings of it. And I think it'll go really far. And I want to be a part of it. So most likely no. <laughs> I don't, I could, you know, die happy without going to Worlds ever. So, and I think, um, if USA powerlifting gets into like the international competing somehow, I think that'll satisfy a lot of people's desire to, you know, go to worlds. Um, I hope, but yeah. I really like USA powerlifting. So, um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. I just wanted to know mostly because like looking at your numbers compared to 63s in the USA, mm-hmm. I'm like, if you were to switch, obviously you would have that potential to go to Worlds. So, but it's cool to hear, cause I agree. Like we have a lot of potential. I'm excited to see the pro series grow. Mm-hmm. So we gonna see what happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you in school? I am not. I graduated um, May, 2020. So. <laughs> oh, a while ago, I thought it was gonna be recent. Cause I saw your bio, you're a chemical engineer, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I work at like a consulting firm and we design chemical plants. <laughs> so that's what I do for work. Nice. Is it hard to balance that and your lifting or is like your schedule really easy to put together, I guess? My schedule is pretty consistent. Like it's just a, 
eight to like five job. So there's really, it's really not that bad. Um, I definitely should get more sleep. I should go to bed earlier, <laughs> but you know, if I go to bed, that means I have to go to work in the morning. So I just, <laughs> I just don't get enough sleep. That's on me. It's not anything to do with like uh, my, my work, but I think it was a lot harder when I was in school mm-hmm. to balance it because, you know, you'll have like weeks where you have like four exams in one week and then you can't lift that week because you'll fail. So it got, I think it's much better uh, now that I'm working a consistent job that's just the same hours every day. Um, it's not too bad. <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. So going into nationals, I know again, we're far out. It's like, and you are definitely a big, huge person and do what the day can give you. But deep down, do you have specific goals for nationals? You already said one. You want to go head to head. Natalie Hansen, right? So any numbers in mind? Um, no, I just like, I think with the weight cut and like, I'll just take whatever is there. Like I would love to squat over 400, but you know, my hip condition, like we'll have to see how that goes. Bench, if I can just get like a two and a half kilo PR on bench, Every time I compete, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if I could just like bench a little bit more than last time, I'd be happy. And then deadlift, uh, I'd say like a five kilo PR would be awesome. But we'll have to see. <laughs> I don't really have any like numbers particularly in mind. I just, I just want to go and do my best and hopefully get like a good placing um, for the pro series. Nice. What's your strategy to make weight? Are you going to like diet down starting now? So like you have to, you can go into maintenance for the last few weeks. You're going to like wait till later and mostly water cut. I'm going to diet down to like probably 61 kilos and then like do a water gut cut for the last one kilo. Um, I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. (laughs) And hopefully I don't feel too bad. I don't think a one kilo water cut would be too bad. So, and I've, I have experience with water cutting and dieting. So I think it'll be okay. So, so you do like the Steve and then we gut cut. Not that extreme, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, just basically just eating like really lightweight foods. Um, it's not too scientific. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even know what a gut cut was until recently where I watched his video. I was like, wait, this is a thing. Like, like yeah. I knew about <laughs> eating foods that are more dense, but mm-hmm. like his video was so detailed about what to eat. I was like, oh, like this is a gut cut. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to lose like five pounds though or something yeah. crazy. So just a, just a little one. Yes. Mm-hmm. okay so there's a few kind of like random questions okay. so do you have any pre-meat rituals that you do every single meet to help you feel ready for meat day um I guess the only thing is taking an Epsom salt bath <laughs> like the night 
before or two nights before just to help me like relax and get in the right headspace for competing. Um, and then like on meet day, I'm really the type of competitor who like sits in the corner with like my headphones and like uh, just trying to focus on, you know, what I need to accomplish and stay calm. Um, I always listen to Kanye, but <laughs> that's normal for me. I love Kanye. So <laughs> I'd say did, that's about it. <laughs> I did a podcast yesterday with Caitlin Barry, and mm-hmm. she said the exact same thing. Like, she's like, I listen to Kanye, and <laughs> I'm sitting down for my squat. Yep, that's about it. <laughs> nice. Okay, do you have any specific, like, what do you eat on meat day? Do you have the exact same foods every single meat? I try to eat a, if, well, I normally compete in the morning, so I try to eat, like, good breakfast, um, like, with carbs, fat, protein, like, everything, and then for snacks, it's normally just, like, quick carbs, like, sugary candy, and um, sometimes I'll eat a protein bar, but I find that those are kind of hard to eat uh, while I'm trying to lift, so it's normally just, like, pretzels and uh sour patch kids maybe some peanut butter on my pretzels but that's about it I don't like to eat anything too heavy nice okay mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I eat yeah <laughs> yeah and I guess something I didn't mention is um like the night before the Arnold I was having like the worst stomach ache and I think it was like the airport food or something that I ate but I only got like two hours of sleep, maybe less that night, because I was oh like God. laying there, my stomach was hurting, our Airbnb was like loud, <laughs> um, and it was just horrible. I got in this loop of like being stressed because I couldn't sleep, and then, well, I don't know, it was just, I got like stuck, and then I couldn't sleep, and then it, it was just horrible. <laughs> But I wouldn't recommend eating airport food for a meet because, <laughs> yeah, that was bad. <laughs> this is fair. I've heard my fair share of stories about airport food ruining someone's meat. It didn't ruin your meat, though. It just ruined your night before. <laughs> yeah, I think I would have felt a lot better that morning because, <laughs> you know, I had to wake up at like 4.30 because weigh-ins were at 6 a.m., so... There's not 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 a lot of time for me to recover from whatever is going on. So, yeah, do not recommend. What's your ideal time to compete at? I'd say like at noon. Noon is a good time. It's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember looking at the road challenge time, and I was like, I'm so glad I'm not doing it. Oh my god, six! Like no. <laughs> I've never competed that early. It was awful. I, <laughs> I did God not bless. like that at all. Yeah. But I guess it's going to be kind of weird um, if they're doing like prime time in the evening. Because I've actually never competed like past maybe two o'clock. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Especially if I'm like trying to make weight. I probably won't be able to eat for a while that day so we'll see <laughs> do you have someone who helps with nutrition or do you do it all by yourself I do it by myself 
Yeah. Do you find that like easy to do when you're cutting? Because just like with like for me, just like with writing my own programming, like mm -hmm. I can do it, but I don't want to. Like nutrition, <laughs> when I was cutting, I had to have a coach. But now that like I have a space, I'm like, okay, I'll be fine. Like I'll just not get too big and I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think it's too hard. I just I'll basically just monitor my weight um, week by week. Like I'll weigh myself every morning and then take the average. And then if it's gone up, then I'll like cut my calories by a few hundred. And then if it's gone down, then I'll maybe maintain or cut a little bit more. I, it's really not too stressful for me. Um, nice. Yeah, I don't mind it. <laughs> what is your favorite thing to do to relax? Uh, probably just like watching TV, <laughs> um, hang out with my fiance. Sometimes I'll like go hiking, <laughs> but I don't know, just hanging out. I don't really have any other hobbies. <laughs> I just lift. You know, I, it's funny. Every time someone mentions like Oh yeah, well, I do fun. It always has something to do with like some sort of physical activity outside of lifting. I'm like, am I the only one who despises doing anything outside of lifting? Like I'll go for a walk, but once mm -hmm. I hear the word hike, I'm like, oh, I'm busy. I can't, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely during meat prep, there's not a lot of hiking. It's just a lot of like laying on the couch. So I definitely feel that. Um, I think like all the free time I don't have that much free time outside of lifting and going to work like I just want to relax and do nothing most of the time <laughs> and then you know I also have to like do meal prep and you know there's just not a lot of time in the yeah. day so most of the time yeah I'm definitely with you I don't do much <laughs> and now I feel better all right <laughs> babe tv show uh breaking bad okay yeah. we just watched that I'm like way behind but that was amazing <laughs> so. I need to watch it I yeah. watched two episodes loved it and then just for no reason never watched it again but I loved the two so I was like hmm. I actually had tried to watch it like a few times in the past and I couldn't get into it but uh I think it was like off-putting because the first few episodes are like kind of gross <laughs> but then this time I like stuck it through and oh my gosh, it was just amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you have any pets? No, I don't. <laughs> um, you like animals? I, I do. I'm a dog person. Ooh. Yes. I am actually allergic to dogs and cats though. Oh. Like if I, if I wasn't allergic to cats, I'd probably have one right now, like in my apartment, but I wouldn't want to get a dog until maybe I like have a house in like a yard, you know, but do you have any pets? Yeah, girl, I got two cats. One's locked downstairs because he's annoying. <laughs> and the other one is like half asleep over here. <laughs> I want a cat. I, I really do love, I just love animals, but cats, especially they, I'm allergic. So You might have to get like a hairless one. I know. Might have to. I don't know. <laughs> All right, last question. What is advice you would give your younger self if you could go back in time? It can be about anything, life, lifting, whatever. 
Um, stop stressing so much and just have fun. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I did a lot, like a lot of my first few meets that I did, I was like too stressed to even like enjoy it. Um, and something I prioritized this year, especially is just enjoying it, enjoying every moment because you never know, like if that's going to be like the last time you ever do it or, you know, anything can happen. So just enjoy moments in life more, I think would be my biggest advice. <laughs> was there like a turning point for you where you realized you had to start doing that? Um, I'd say in terms of like powerlifting, uh, I lifted at a meet called Carolina Primetime. And I it. <laughs> yeah, and I just was not having fun. And I was like, why am I doing this if I'm not having fun? And I kind of, I guess I had to have a kind of like turning point and be like, okay, I really love this. Like, I love training and I should really enjoy competing because it, you know, um, and I should stop being so stressed. Like nothing really matters that much that I should be that stressed. <laughs> so I guess that would be like my turning point. Um, so just like looking back at that meet, I just don't, I don't like how my attitude was. I don't like, you know, how I looked at myself, how I handled not doing as well as I wanted. Like I, I just felt like I needed to change my mentality a little bit after that one, so. And that's fascinating to hear because that was like, I thought that was a great meet for you, so. <laughs> I, I didn't like that meet. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I did like a huge water cut. I felt very bad that day and it was like so hot at that meet, like temperature wise. And after you've water cutted and just like, I don't know, I was just not in the mood to be there. <laughs> and then I just felt like weak because I had, I was so dehydrated and I couldn't get rehydrated. And so I think all those things played into like me not having a great attitude about it. Um, yeah, I mean, you see people compete, you never know what's going on, you know, in their heads. It could look like a great day, but, you know, to them, they could be unhappy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And I well, don't even, well, I think it was less about my uh, performance and just more about the way I was handling things that I didn't like. And I just don't like to think about, like, how I was that day. <laughs> So, yeah, it's always cool to hear like the mental maturity of a lifter who's seasoned. So I really mm -hmm. appreciate you saying that because like, you're right, you can literally have what people will see as a good performance. But like, if you're not enjoying it, you'll just become miserable. You don't want to be like some bitter old troll, like right. <laughs> from a sport that's supposed to bring you joy because you're not yeah. getting paid to do the sport. <laughs> so it's probably, you're supposed to get joy from it. Yeah, that's the whole point. Ah, girl, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this was so much fun. Yay. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. I will see you at uh, Mega Nationals. Not Raw. Mega, my National. Mega <laughs> Nationals. And y'all, I'll catch you next time on the Power and Lifting Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the episode, y'all. If you liked it, go ahead and give me a five-star review, please. And if you're on a platform that lets you leave written reviews, please leave one. It really does help boost the podcast ratings up and gets out to more people who want to learn and hear the stories of excellent lifters who deserve a mic. So thank you again and catch you next time.